So welcome back everyone to Gab with Gwen podcast with one of our favorite guests, Mr. Ismael. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Gave me a reason to take my mask off and stay inside. So I'm thankful for that. (laughs) (laughs) Shout out to reasons to stay inside. (laughs) And I wanted us to touch base. This has been a conversation that's been a long time coming, but it's just been hard, honestly, with my schedule being just disgusting to coordinate, but conversation about the biggest thing that's happened to me during the pandemic is, and we've talked about this in the previous episode, is a lot of things moving online, right? And yes. one of the things that's come up has been uh, Versus, the Versus Battles on Instagram Live, which is created by Swiss Beats and Timbaland, right? That's correct, yep. Ingenious. I mean, you look at the number of uh, hits they've been getting for some of these, it's amazing. Yeah, they've been getting a lot of traffic. So I think it serves a couple of purposes. One, it's for the culture, right? But mm-hmm. then two, it also helps keep people inside. <laughs> you know what I mean? It keeps people entertained. Uh, it keeps people safe. Um, and then, you know, it also helps the artists because everyone who's gone on there, their streams and everything have significantly increased and skyrocketed after they've participated. And I think it also gives us older folks a little bit of reason to kind of gloat in a nice way to some of our younger fans because you can't do this unless you have a catalog, like an esteemed catalog. You can't be just one or two hits hot for a little bit. You have to have put in work to do something like this and be viable. That, that's a good point. That's a good point. I hate that we're calling ourselves older folks, but fine, if that's <laughs> what we're going to say. Sure. Yeah, we kind of be getting up there you know, Oof, compared stop. to some of I'll give you, well, I'll tell you something real funny, real quick. Uh, I remember when I first started interning in corporate America, um, I overheard one of the older guys. He was like, you know, some of these interns were born in the 80s. And he was like shocked, like he couldn't believe. And I thought it was so funny. But then I look at my case, I'm like, there's some people in my office that were born in the 2000s, which is blows my mind. It just shows you how quickly time moves. But yeah. Time time flies. Time sure absolutely does. flies. <laughs> so, yeah, there was an intern two summers ago, and we were talking. We are very friendly, and I was mentoring her. I usually, actually, I've probably the last few years, we have, like, buddy programs at my company where if you want to, you can sign up and be, like, a, a buddy for an intern. So I have been doing it for the last several years, and there was a girl a couple years ago who we were talking, she's like, you might be my mom's friend. I was like, excuse me? Oh, God. And I was like, excuse me? She's like, yeah, she's uh, 39. I was like, wait, what? And I'm like, how old are you? And she's like, oh, you know, I'm, I mean, I'm 20. I was like, well, shit. Mm-hmm. I mean, if we, I guess I could have been your teen mom. Shit. I, I damn. I was yeah, like, you start doing the math, right? It's like, Oof. Yeah, when you start doing the math, I'm like, okay, well, that's not my life because my friends all have small children. But right. if you want to be technical, I guess I could have been your teen mother. But Jesus, <laughs> I mean, ooh, ooh, I didn't like that at all. Um, so, you know, but at the same token, I have younger coworkers too. And I'm like, uh, you know, we, we joke a lot. And because I'm not married, I don't have kids, I think 
not that our lives are similar, they're not, because they're they're new and they're really just so green, okay? But yeah. we play and stuff like that. And so I'm like, you know, children, I call them the children. They're like, okay, whatever, auntie. But they don't think of me as an auntie. They think of me as their <laughs> peer, which is cool, you know what I mean? But I'm right. like, uh, no, I am your auntie, so okay. <laughs> <laughs> so it's uh, it's it's funny, the dynamics. And it's, and it's funny, some of the younger coworkers also think I'm younger than I am, which I play up. Let's not play that shit up all the way, okay? Oh, yeah. So Same I play it up all the time. <laughs> and and some of them were like, you know, their twenties and they, they think I'm in my twenties with them too. And I'm like, okay, sure. And they're they're like, but they'll be with other like, is that person old or is they young? Because they want to have like certain conversations and they don't want to go right. around the adult. It's <laughs> the it's like such a weird place to be because people who are your peers, my life is just very different than them. You know, they're married, they're they have kids and Look, it, I think those children really put a toll on you. I think they really put a toll on you. I honestly think that's one of the biggest things that ages people. Because I look at a lot of my friends that have kids. They got gray hair. I mean, they don't look bad, but, you know, they look older. And they always ask me, like, well, you know, what do you do? And I'm like, I don't do anything special. I mean, I try and eat decently, not all the time. But I kind of think it's like you have kids, you love them so much, but it's such a worry, you know, because you can't really protect them from the world. You know how expensive they are. So I think all of that just, you know, like you said, it ages you. Ooh, it, sure, it surely does. It really does. Now, some people, listen, shout out to the parents. A lot of you guys look good. My sister looks great. It depends on the person. Mm-hmm. But I'm telling you, some of y'all, I'm like, sometimes I'll look through. <laughs> like, I don't actually, I'm very rarely on Facebook. I'm never on it. But say I go through it, and Facebook is the people from high school. And I'm like, we're the same oh, age? Oh, yeah, the high school trip. Yeah, that's, that's eye-opening. <laughs> You'll see some people like, ooh. I'm like, I went to school with you. We. Yeah, you don't want. You don't want to think it because I'm like age comes from for everybody. But you're like, well, what happens? <laughs> I'm confused so much of the time. I said, what? I know. I remember you, but what? This is you, my age? No, no yeah. way. It is hard knock life. <laughs> Listen. Yeah. It's a hard. You know, there's always life. that joke that I like, you hear mostly about guys though. It's like whenever whatever age they get married, it's like they or have kids. They're stuck in that time, like fashion-wise and everything. Is just like that period is where they stay forever. So I see some of that too. It's just like oh, when, I've once never they get the wife joke. or the. <laughs> you never heard that? No, I never heard that joke. No. Yeah, some people they just once they get in a relationship they stay stuck in that. You know, they just stop everything, working out, all that. Just that's where they stay, so to speak. No, it's 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 just fascinating to me personally. I'm just like wow, like okay. <laughs> Ooh, it's listen those those children and everyone's like oh I was like I don't want them and I think people have a real hard time understanding when you say that they think like what's missing right something has to be missing it's like no I feel yeah. the same way it's like I don't feel any emptiness I don't have any desire and of course being married obviously a child can happen and I'm not going to be like it's the end of the world but as far as like wanting a child I just never did like yeah. I feel very happy getting up to do what I want to do when I want to do it travel when I want to travel. It's just like it never appealed to me whatsoever. Yeah, me neither. And I know you guys can't understand what we're saying. And you're like, oh, you just... You <laughs> like, listen to these psychos. <laughs> I don't, don't think we're psychos. I think they're just like, you're just saying that. You're just trying to put in a front. I'm like, no, it's not. It's, I promise mm. you, it's not a front. I have a little niece, a little nephew, and I love them. But I'll tell you what I get to do my sister can't do is sleep in. And I do it all the time. <laughs> and it's not shade. That's like, I need that in my life. Um, right. I just like to be able to do what I want. I don't know. I just have a freedom, just a freedom that is really important to me. And it's it's still important to me. It just is. 
Right. I'll be very happy to admit there is a bit of selfishness with me in regards to that. Because I'm like, if you have a child, that is your full-time commitment. You know, everything you have to pour into that child. And I just never had any desire to do that. Just none. No, I don't. No, I don't. So, look, shout out to y'all, you know, nurturing the next generation. I believe that children are our future, a la Whitney, okay? I think more people need to be like us. More people recognize you don't need to have kids. I think the world will be a better place. Leave it to the parents who are, you know, know how to do the job properly. Well, I'm going to be honest. I'm going to say a hot take that y'all are not going to like, but... (laughs) It's actually harder to not have kids than to have kids because to not have kids, you need to actually do work to make sure you don't. Okay. That is true. To have kids, you can just keep doing what you're doing. Chances are they'll pop up. Okay. At some point, right? Yeah. (laughs) Chances are they're going to pop up for you. Okay. But to not have children does require a concerted effort to mm-hmm. ensure that doesn't happen. And so, shout out to my I'm Marina. Like, you can't keep relying on the pull-out game. I know some guys, that, uh, some of my friends that were doing that nonsense. I'm like, see, finally caught up with you. Yeah, I mean, it's, <laughs> yeah, it doesn't matter. Like, you have to. So, you know, and I know a lot of women feel conflicted about hormonal birth control, blah, blah. I have no problems with it. I always tell everybody, shout out to Marina. I say the IUD is the best thing ever happened. To me, I wish I'd had them when yeah. I was younger. But... Hey, uh, it, it takes it takes more work, you know. I'm gonna keep it real. To not get pregnant, than to get pregnant. To get pregnant, just keep doing what you're doing. It'll happen, you know. Now I know there. And the irony are- is, it's actually easier for us to prevent it. But you know, with men getting touched down there, it's like ah, you know, we're not yeah used to that yet. I, th- I really wish that would change because I'm like it's very simple procedure compared to what women have to go through. Well, let's okay. We talk um, about one last thing and then get into actual verses. Let's talk about future okay. real quick, okay? Oh, future. Future. He is the the problematic king for a lot of men down down here and online. Future <laughs> recently, there's been a lot. I see. This, I didn't see the articles exactly, but I just saw the social media commentary. That right. is it. Is it the ninth baby mama who just showed up? Maybe I believe so. And, and I, I haven't substantiated it yet, but apparently she got a uh, a child support order. Now some people were claiming it was like fifty thousand something crazy like that. I doubt it's that high. But I know she got some more than what he was willing to give her. Apparently, he only wanted to give her like $400 a month, something crazy like that. And, of course, she went to the courts. I know she's getting way more than that. But he was denying the child and all this mess, you know, which he should know better by now. But future is future. Exactly. So I I saw (laughs) the same thing on social media that she asked for $400. He didn't want to give it. And then he ended up paying, you know, $53,000 a month. Who's to say if that's the truth or not? But I feel like, how many times do you have to go down the same path? Exactly. I'm like, come on. Vasectomy, you are done. You can live the life that you're claiming in all your raps. You wouldn't have any issues after that. I don't get it. And I'm like, you know these women only coming around most of them. I don't know the situation with this one. But, you know, they're basically trying to get knocked up. Because exactly. I'm like, to me, any woman with any sense would not want to deal with a man like that, knowing his track record. It's like, you know, unless on. you're just looking for a check. Unless you're right. just looking for a check. I mean, and then I think Mother's Day was a couple of weeks ago, you guys. This is we're recording Memorial Day weekend. <laughs> and he posted basically like a slideshow, like a bunch of like shouting out each one of his baby's mom. You had to keep like scrolling. And yeah. I just felt, and you know, unfortunately, Ciara was in there, which, you know, I don't think they have much of a relationship, for it, but yeah, I would feel awful to be in that slideshow. I think some people just don't see it like that. I mean, I don't even know all their backgrounds, but I think, I don't even know Future's background. I really should look into that, like how he was raised, how many siblings he had. 
for some of them, it may seem normal. It may not, it may not seem like anything strange. But like you said, you know, to me, that's an L to, be, to have a situation like that. He's going to get close to, um, I don't know if you remember Shorty Lowe. He passed away a couple years ago, a rapper down here. He was in that group, D4L, that had the snap music. But he had 11 children, and I think he had at least about eight or nine different mothers. And he was going to do a reality show, and people boycotted it because they thought it was so embarrassing, and it never came out. Well, I'm glad they boycotted it and it didn't come out. <laughs> now, listen, I'm Jamaican. Do I personally know people with more than <laughs> children with multiple women? Of course I do. Right. Okay? Let me be honest. <laughs> He's, you know, my, what is my cousin's uncle? Does he have 11 children by 10 women? He sure does. Okay? <laughs> and that is also people he's claiming. All right? Because the other thing is oh, you're yeah. being claimed. Who's to say who's not being claimed? So culturally, I understand these things, but <laughs> I feel that we're also in 2020. If you know, people think about birth control, it really didn't become popular until the 60s and 70s. You know, it wasn't a mm-hmm. thing in previous generations. So here, you know, birth control has been around for, you could say, in mass circulation. And, you know, let's say it's been safe for the last 30 years, right? Because it wasn't always safe, to be honest. But you come on, come on, people, come on, people. Now, Future's case is different because he technically has something to lose. I don't know if he thinks his money is going to be indefinite. Each one of these children, you have to take care of them for at least 18 years. Mm-hmm. What do you think is going to happen? You're not always going to be popping. He's 36 years old. You, you're the only guy in the club. Yeah. And with that type of style, you know, it can switch very, very quickly. I know people don't realize that with um, particularly hip hop music because it's a youthful genre. So I'm like, that particular style to me is not built for longevity. I mean, he's already ahead of the curve of how long he's been out. But he's reaching that point where, you know, the fall off just happens. You know, new generation comes along, you're not popping anymore. I think even more disturbing to me is the fact that the mother was claiming that he's never even met the daughter. And how old is that child now? At least like two? Who knows? I mean, but okay, look, he he has nine children over the, the world, his career. He probably hasn't. I mean, I just don't understand in his particular instance clearly he's not a fan of condoms then get a vasectomy get a vasectomy exactly. you, you don't you don't need anything else you don't want to use condoms is is apparent so get a vasectomy because those women are not in it for the right reason because you know future's ninth baby's mom hello when you're number nine you've seen this <laughs> You saw eight one before you. So I'm not trying to malign her, but I just, I'm going to question your intentions. Exactly. Exactly. Because even people were doing that. You remember when him and Sierra got together, they were kind of, a lot of people down here were shocked at least. It was like, you know, what are you thinking? You know, you know no, how they, he is. They were shocked up here too. She yeah. was, she was like number four, maybe. I think she was number four. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think Sierra's number four. I know a lot of people use her as an example, as goals and all that. I'm like, that's that's kind of like a fairy tale ending in her case. That's not the normal end for most couples. For most people, you're just going to have to be dealing with a father like that for the rest of your life. And it's not going to be, you know, like a knight in shining armor coming in. Not to say that she got saved, but like, obviously it was a big upgrade from what she was uh, dealing with before. So, you know, somebody that's well established in his career, has his own money and all that, and and's willing to treat your son like his own. Exactly. Yeah. That's a combination that most people don't get, unfortunately. Exactly. So she's very lucky. And, you know, shout out to Russell Wilson. Mm -hmm. Your first wife was white. And it's funny. Some people, you you know, I try not to pay attention too much online because, you know, most of it is trolling. But there's a lot of people, a lot of guys that were acting like they don't like him. And I'm like, 
isn't that the situation that we want? You know, don't you want men out here taking care of their children? And I'm like, yes, if you are marrying somebody, you're marrying into their family and their children are now your children. Isn't that how it's supposed to be? Don't we want our black boys taken care of and raised properly? I'm like, what's the problem? A lot of people don't like him for some reason. Black people, well, I shouldn't say for some reason. As a black community, we're fucked up. I'll just say that. <laughs> we're fucked up. No, we are. And I say we're fucked up because we, on one hand, will complain about negative images in the media and mm-hmm. negative portrayals. And we don't want to be portrayed like this. You know, everything is that we're gangster, we're bad, we're absentee fathers, all these things, right? But we also have the culture in which a man who's a stand-up guy who might be deemed kind of quote-unquote corny because he's not exhibiting the stereotypical black masculinity persona like Mm, Russell Wilson. And so he's corny, you know? So he's corny. And because he's corny, he doesn't get respect. And he's looked down upon for taking care of future's child's and having Future's child call him daddy or whatever. Why? Future's not, Future's clearly busy with nine other women, eight other women. <laughs> a black man who steps up to take care and step in and treats his child well as his own and treats the mother well and creates a cohesive family unit. You guys are looking down on him. They give, they give him all types of shade all the time. People, you know, be like, oh, Ridiculous. he's not black. All this. I was like, what is, I hate black people. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> We're our own worst enemies so much of the time. We really are. We're our own worst enemies. It's a enemy. mess. And see, enemy. it's like, you know, you're, if you're a future, you should be happy. It's like, okay, at least I know my son is, you know, in a stable environment, being taken care of. I shouldn't have any worries in the world. And I'm like, especially, we all know when you get in your 30s and you're dating and trying to date somebody your age, there's going to be a high percentage that they're going to come. And I don't even want to call it baggage. Just, you know, with a child. That's mm-hmm. what people do. So I don't understand why it's such a problem. I'm like, if you're going to marry somebody or be with somebody that's had relationships before you, of course, and they have children, that's going to be your responsibility too. Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, if I, listen, 9.5 out of 10 men have children by the time they're in their 30s. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's very challenging to find guys who don't. Although I have mostly men with no children, actually. But... If I were to date a guy with a, ch- a child, I'm not going to mistreat the child or malign the child or the mother. You know, it comes with the package and you have to figure out how to make it work. That's yep. all it is. So, uh, you know, we are our own worst enemies, right? Because you complain about single mothers, you complain about the breakdown of the black family. And then when you see a blended family, but the guy isn't, you know, thuggish, ruggish and exhibiting, like I said, toxic black man- masculinity then oh he's corny oh you were criticizing like it's you can't win you can't win for losing you can't good point good point so so anyway speaking of you actually did a good segue in there about futures music will it stand the test of time and how will it hold Mm. up and i think we can relate that to the versus battles uh (laughs) about you know talking through which battles actually could stand the test of time in terms of the different musicians, the different artists. So there've been several at this time. I can't, I don't even know what they all were, but uh, I think we can talk through a few highlight ones. Actually, you know, I think let's talk about the most recent one. Cause I think it's, I do relate it to the future in terms of 
the future comment in terms of whether or not music can actually stand the test of time. And I think mm. Luda versus Nelly was a case in point for that. To me. To yeah, me. it really was. It was a... Uh... This was the most lopsided one that they've had so far. I mean, it was like really a whitewash. Like I was trying to go back and think, how many rounds did I give Nelly? I'm thinking maybe like two or three. And even then I was being generous. It was really, really just like a massacre. And the wild thing was a lot of Ludacris's um, songs that he could have played, he didn't. And first of all, he was playing some of them that I thought he was going to play during the intro while he was waiting for Nelly to set up. Like, he had a song called Hip Hop with uh, Nas and Jay-Z. That was a good song. So he was going to play that. That was just the intro song just to play to warm everybody up. He didn't play number one spot. You know, he had that video with Quincy Jones. That was another big one. Didn't play that. Didn't play the Stomp remix where he had that big diss against T.I. Didn't play that. Uh, Bia Bia with Lil John. That was another big song. He didn't play that. So he left off, like, five or six big songs that he could have played. He had that song Baby with Justin Bieber. Didn't play that song. And he just, he, like, ran the table with him, like, from the beginning with Welcome to Atlanta. And what was Nelly's first song? Uh, Na Na Na? I mean, come on. <laughs> it was <This> bad idea. <laughs> so it was, like, laughing. one thing I, I'm like, come on, man. But hold and on. I want to be fair. I'm I want to, like, nah. hold on. I want to, <laughs> I want to be fair. This one, I want to be, you live in Atlanta. Yes. You lived there for a long time now. You know you're from Jersey. Mm -hmm. yeah. Do you feel like you could potentially be biased because Luda's from Atlanta? I mean, you could try and make that argument, but no. I mean, just overall, some of these songs, it's just like, there's no way you could pick Nelly over over this. This is like, no way. It's like, when you look at Splash Waterfalls, he played, was it, his song with Jaheim against that, My yes, Place. I'm like, that's, that's, no, that's, that's not working anywhere in the country. That's not working in St. Louis. <laughs> I think, <laughs> sorry, I'm laughing. Um, you know, I looked at different people's commentary on this particular one because I already went into it knowing I was very biased with Luda. I just knew that. Right. Like, I knew I was very biased that I was going to go heavily towards Ludacris. And some people, I what I did notice from social media, if you're from the Midwest especially, People have such an affinity with Nelly because he really, I guess, was the breakout artist to put them on the map. He was, yes. For me, you know, I also saw a lot of commentary that they felt that New Yorkers were giving uh, biased commentary, regional bias, not taking it seriously. I, I don't think that's fair, okay? <laughs> I don't think that's fair. <laughs> I, they mean, I, you mean like not taking the battle serious or not taking Nelly serious? Not taking Nelly seriously. It was more about Nelly. Oh, okay. Um, I gotcha. You know, the battle, you could say in the one degree, you could say yes, because either way, it was the South versus Midwest. And honestly, mm -hmm. for me, I can't tell the fucking difference. St. Louis, I can't tell. <laughs> it, seems, it seems like the same to me. But I'm going to take it, take it beyond all this because we were a part of this. Like they both, Chris, Ludacris actually really gave some great commentary. And you could see a lot of his radio training background in it right i think he started out mm -hmm. as a radio personality and so he's like look we both dropped our albums the first uh the same year in in 2000, 2000. Yep. right so we have been a part of this the whole time i didn't even realize that when i heard it i always felt like nelly's 
sound was subpar personally in his rapping. I remember I was like, are these hip hop nursery rhymes? I'm confused. I remember that's how I felt when it first came out. Now he's, I've warmed up to him over the years. I gave him hot in here. Okay. People Mm -hmm. gave move bitch. (laughs) A lot of people gave move bitch. Um, actually I think I watched hot 97 Ebro. Like they did commentary on this. I read, I watched theirs. I feel like there's, I never agree with anything they ever rate to be honest on these. They gave it to move bitch. I was like, no, I'm going to give it to hot in here. If I really think about the feeling and even till this day, like I still feel like it's hot in here. So I will give Nelly things, right? But I know people felt like there were different biases. So I do want to start like, okay, acknowledging you're from Atlanta and I'm also biased towards Ludacris. I think lyrically and just, I just think he's just a better MC personally, okay? But I think Nelly also probably has more widespread appeal. It's like people kept saying in terms of sales nelly may have had like more sales i think you know so yes he has i mean the country grammar album sold over 10 million copies so right. that right there takes a huge chunk out of uh you know Ludacris's lifetime sales and then he had that double album that he split uh sweat and suit and both of those i think sold over like five seven million and he released those the same week and they were like one and two in the charts so yeah he has he had a very big run, probably one of the biggest runs commercially of any rapper. Definitely, Nelly. So, uh, so, so that, but these battles are not to me based on sales, right? Because there's no point. Because if sales, is, you know, there's no point because you could just run the sales and that's it, right? Mm-hmm. I would say what became abundantly clear to me, going back to your future comment, is that Nelly's music has not aged as well as Ludacris's, in my opinion. Not at all. I mean, his style, like you said, when it comes to rapping, He relied more on melody and he was more playful just with his overall voice. He wasn't as, he's not an authoritative MC like Ludacris is. He doesn't attack the mic the same way. So that's good for when you're making pop music. So a lot of these songs that he had on the list, uh, you know, Ride With Me, things like that, EI, those are songs that really did well in the time and that you may remember fondly, but they don't resonate the same way now. It's like these aren't songs that are considered staples that you just have to play. Correct. With a lot of these ludicrous songs, they're not only, you know, staple verses for him, but they're staple uh, songs in other people's catalog. When he's playing the Sierra song, when he was playing uh, Lovers and Friends with Usher, you know, these are songs that people remember and will still play from other people's catalogs. And Nelly doesn't really have that either. Like when you're talking about, you know, nobody's like, oh, I'm getting Nelly for a feature. Uh, feature. You know, back then he wasn't really a big feature artist like that. And when he did get features, he wasn't killing it with a verse that you just remembered for years on end, like he did with the the Made You Look verse that he had with Nas. That opened a lot of people's eyes you know, up north that he could really rhyme on like a break, classic breakbeat and do well. So that's why it was so hard for him when you start going through all these songs, What's Your Fantasy, Roll Out, mm. you know, it was just getting worse and worse. Because, you know, he was also <laughs> playing like, like when uh, Ludacris played Ho, I'll give you a quick story. Like that was a song we used to play um, during the Morehouse games when we played Clark every year for basketball. That was like considered a big little rivalry game. And they would play that song like in between the free throws and people would just go crazy, start dancing in the stands and all that. So the songs like that hold a lot of memories. And you also would hear that in the club all the time. You know, you're pointing at the girls playfully, of course, calling them Ho and they're looking back at you you know, putting up their finger and all that stuff. He plays, what did he play? He played a Biggie Blend song that he had, the Nasty Girl remix. That was on one of those remix Biggie albums, you know, five and six years after he had died. Mm-hmm. It's like no comparison, you know, with songs like that. And then even for the Made You Look one, 
he played his verse on the uh, Rock the Mic remix, and really the only reason people remember that song is because he dissed KRS on it. And it was not like a real big verse, like, oh, you know, I'm going to throw that on because it's such a classic Nelly verse. So it's like he really didn't have anything that could really stand up besides Hot in Here. Uh, the ja- Jagged Edge song, I really like that one. You know, Where's the Party At? That's a staple classic song. Yes. But that's not even his song, you know. So he's, running, he's ran into a lot of problems catalog-wise. And I think uh, one thing people can really learn from this also, some of these artists are going to need either their manager or somebody that they really trust to kind of curate their list before they actually Thank sit you. down and start. Yes, sequencing. Because like you said, sequencing. with Nelly's, uh, not with Nelly, with um, Luda's radio training, mm-hmm. you can tell he put real thought into how he was mapping out his list. Mm-hmm. And I think Nelly, he might have been a little tipsy too, the way he was talking. Clearly. I think about five to seven of those songs are just songs that he personally liked. That he wanted to play. I'm like, that don't work. That don't work. Don't play songs that you just like, that you know, a little B-side that you thought was cool. That'll get you cleaned up. Don't do it. Ay, ay, ay. Listen, the the parallels between the baby face and Teddy Riley was were very on point yeah. for this. It was like, Okay, Nelly Riley, correct? <laughs> you I'm like, yeah, the, the claiming it was a storm that was messing up your Wi-Fi, you going in and out, and I'm like, ugh. And then I believe Swiss Beats confirmed that everyone is sent a versus kit in advance with mm-hmm. um instructions and backup, all that stuff. Ludacris was clearly prepared, okay? His Wi-Fi had no problems at any point. <laughs> Very. Okay, and this is not a TV antenna. Like, it's not like the Wi-Fi because you have a storm. I I just, wow. I mean, we can go through the list, and I do want to go one by one, but I have to say just their presence on it. Like, when we were actually able to see Nelly when he wasn't pixelated or just not there. <laughs> right. He, listen, listen, they, I'll tell you, let me give a couple compliments. They both have aged like fine wine. That is true. We just talked about looking at people in our high school like, damn, what happened? These two men, they got full heads of hair. Shout out to you. You got a full head of hair. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> These <laughs> Hanging in full, there. <laughs> full heads of hair. They look great. Luda had his afro. Nelly is close to 50. You know, I mean, his gym regimen. Yeah. His, you can see in the shoulders and everything. I'm like, he's in real good shape. Yeah, he's in great shape. His face, listen, he, listen, the man has an age. He looked great. I got from them, Nelly is, to me, arrogant. That's what I got from him. And it mm-hmm. wasn't necessarily in a bad way. Like, listen, he has accolades. He, he had all his awards in the background to show you, okay? So right. he's arrogant. He's good looking. I partially think he, I was like, you're probably overestimating your skill, but it's yeah. okay because look, you got the money and the and so at the end of the day, you got the check marks and you've made, you got the bag and it's cool. Ludacris had personally my own. I just like his demeanor. He's confident and cool. He really wasn't trying to show out and uh, he just had a cool confidence, which is what I personally like to see in men. It's just my own personal preference that has nothing to do with any bearing, right? So Mm -hmm. I just happened to like that. Like, you know, he was there. He wasn't throwing shots, really. He was a consummate professional and he had his shit prepared. He had the hits. I just loved it. Nelly was quite entertaining because clearly I think he was off that sauce. (laughs) <laughs> and he wasn't prepared and didn't seem to care he wasn't. So, hey, he was carefree. Right. Hey. You saw it in the results. That's like, yeah, this is... Mm. Yeah, like just, you said, I think I think he was comfortable talking about Nelly with his... Because he had so many Billboard hits. Like, these are my hits. 
I know they're going to resonate. Nah, I mean, a hit versus uh, Fonte from Little Brother, he made the difference between a song that's a hit and a song that's a jam, like a jam that people just love. It takes them back to their club days. You know, they remember where they were when the song came out. Now, jam might not necessarily be a top Billboard hit, but it's a song that resonates with the culture. And yeah. that's the majority of what Ludacris had on his list. I'm like, I'm pretty sure all those songs weren't top 20, top 10, but they're memorable, memorable songs. You just yeah. remember them. Absolutely. So let's just go, let's go through the list, say what, who you think won, right? So let's, round one. Uh, Ludacris, Easy, Welcome to Atlanta. Yeah. I Classic agree. song. Na na na, Nelly, no. Just, I can't remember the last time I heard that song before he played it. Agree. 100% agree on that one. Round two. Another Easy Nelly one. Now, here's an interesting one. Now, men love Tip Drill, but I'm going to let you you know the answer. Why do we love Tip Drill? Not because of the song. because The of video. What? Exactly. And there was no video being played. It was just a song. You don't hear that song being played constantly. No. Pussy Poppin' was a, an actual good song. And Magic City, where they filmed it, is right up the street from me. But it's still a good song. And it's a better song than Tip Drill. So that's an easy one. So you gave Tip that Drill to video. Luda. Yeah. I mean, they weren't. You know, if they were comparing videos in Tip Drill, but it wasn't a video comparison. It's a song. So another loot around. I gave it because I remember vividly the whole BET uncut drama. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're, I agree with you, the commentary, no one really plays it. It was a video. But I think if we're talking about memories, like to me, Tip Drill was like problematic. <laughs> and <laughs> the memory is vivid. That was problematic. So I actually gave Tip Drill, I gave that one to Nelly. But I, you could say it's a draw. I mean, whichever way. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah, which I mean, it it could go either way to me, but you're right. I agree with you. But I'm I'm gonna I'm throw away that I'm gonna give that to Cornell. I'm gonna give that to Cornell. Okay. Gotcha, um, gotcha. Okay. Round three. So my chick bad versus Pimp Juice. Um, I like my chick bad better than Pimp Juice. Pimp Juice is a bigger Billboard hit, I'm sure, but especially because uh, Nikki was still, I mean, not on her come up, but she was still getting established, and I think it showed really well that she could, you know, go. Head to head with Luda. I just think that song is better. Better rapping, better overall song. I think it's a better song, but I'm going to give it to Pim Shoes. Look, look, I'm fair. Nah, I'm you got Nelly's back. <laughs> I, I, listen, I'm going to give it to you, Nelly. Pim Juice was a moment with cups and goblet. Yes. <laughs> okay? So I'm, I'm going to give that to Nelly. All right. Okay. Round four. I remember I was just talking about Ho, so I have good memories about that. That's way better than a little commercial song like Flap Your Wings, so... I agree with you, Luda, all the way. Oh, absolutely. Gotcha. All right, next round. So now we're talking Ride With Me versus Saturday. Now, Ride With Me, you know, my wife is from St. Louis. So mm-hmm. I do like that song. I think it's a very, very good song. So I'm going to give that over Saturday. Same here. I give Nelly Ride With Me. Absolutely. That's that's a definitely a moment. Okay, six. Hmm, now, this song I got a little interesting story about. So that's the first time I ever saw Ludacris. I got introduced to him. He did that song at a step show in, in the intermission. Nobody really knew who he was on Morehouse's campus. Really? What's huh? your fantasy? Mm-hmm. So mm. I was like, oh, wow, this is a pretty good song. And this is, you know, still when I'm in my East Coast hip-hop phase. So that says a lot. Mm. Now, of course, you know, country grammar, that's... Mm, I like What's Your Fantasy better, but I will give that to Nelly because that was the breakout song of his entire region. So you can't really put a a litmus on the impact that that song has. So I'll put that over What's Your Fantasy. So this is where we we switch, okay? We do? Oh, really? Okay. We switch. No, I'm <laughs> going to give it to Luda. I think What's Your Fantasy. These are both like early chart hits for them. Obviously, Country Grammar is the first one. But I have to be mm-hmm. honest, I hated Country Grammar. Yeah, so, <laughs> I hated it. I never liked the damn song. I was like, why hip-hop is dead? The South, it is, Midwest, whatever. You yeah. it. So 
what's your fantasy and it helped it helped way better so um and oh that's the, true yeah. the thing about nelly you know country grammar it is that nursery rhyme shit i don't know it is even it's, the melody is a nursery rhyme down down baby it's it's a nursery rhyme melody yeah, yeah. Sorry, Luda, what's your fantasy hits for me? So, yeah. you know, uh, round seven. So, roll out versus body on me. Uh, roll out easy to me, more commanding beat, and he gave you more flows on that song, too. I agree, absolutely, all the way. Roll out, and we talked about this earlier Splash Waterfalls versus My Place. I mean, destroys it. I mean, Splash Waterfalls, I mean, is raunchy. But it's still done to me in a sexy way, which is very, very difficult to do. And it wasn't completely um, just a bunch of profanity either. It's raunchy, but it's still done to the point where you can play it on the radio. I agree there, too. I agree yeah, with so that, So that was too. an easy one. Yeah. And this is where, to me, it started getting really bad, too. Because in the next round, it's Sierra and Ludacris versus the, the blend Biggie song that he put Nasty Girl. I'm like, Nelly, what were you doing? Bad, bad choice. So another easy Ludacris round with uh, him and Sierra. Oh. I agree. <laughs> I agree. It started getting that. bad around here. This is one that I was like, I started kind of not checking out, but I'm like, he's not going to win any more rounds. Because then after that, we got the uh, Made You Look remix versus the Rock Your Mic, uh, Rock the Mic remix. So that's easy. Nas, Jada, and Luda. It's another easy round. What was after that? So I, so I agree, but I want to come. I, so this is the thing. Rock the Mic is a great yeah. song, but Luda, nobody remembers you on it. So and I'm sorry, <laughs> Nelly. Nelly, nobody remembers you on it. So yeah. that's where it became like, okay, the songs maybe, but not for your verse, not for you. So exactly, that's exactly. where it to me it's it's clearly Luda because you're trying to get this, I guess, northeastern cred, but your verse is not memorable. So no, mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly no. right. Because I'm like Luda arguably had the best verse on that song, and I'm like you're on the song with Nas and Jada. That says a lot. Right. Exactly. Okay. So the next one. Oh, we mentioned him earlier, Shorty Low. Uh, now, that was a really, I love that beat. And that's like a marching band, and my band beat. So, you used to hear that beat a lot down here, the Dano uh, beat. So, even if Luda wasn't on it, I'd pick that song over Nelly 100 Stacks. So, that's another, another Luda round to me. Because obviously, same. he's a better rapper than Shorty Low. So. Same, same here. Easy. Now, this next one's a little interesting. I'm going to be honest. I think because I heard yeah so much being down here in Atlanta, I might be a little bit more partial to where the party at, even though Jagged Edge is uh, down here also. But you would hear that song, yeah, everywhere. And I would say it's a bigger song, but I do like the Jagged Edge. I think I'll give the Nelly the Jagged Edge song. It might be a pity round, but <laughs> I do like that song. So, I'm gonna so give that's it, give crazy it to where the party at. because I felt the same way. You I did? Felt, okay. I did. And that's not a popular opinion. That's unpopular yeah uh, to me it's, it's it gets to a certain point where if a song gets too big you get tired of hearing it even years later i feel that way about um i will always love you it's a fantastic whitney song but mm-hmm. if i never hear it again for the rest of my life i'm good because i've heard it so many times so where to party at people or like no it's definitely Usher. i'm like i don't actually actually <laughs> i and when i think about where the party at? That was like a feel good, fun vibe. Shout out to yeah. Jagged Edge, who probably will be playing that on Monday. <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I do think it was, yeah, it was oversaturated. And oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I, I actually would agree with you and give that to Nelly. But you could, I would be fair to anyone who's like, yeah, I don't know nothing. I would, I would give it a draw. <laughs> I, I would give it a draw if you like. Nice. Okay. I would give it a draw. But if I have to choose, I'll choose Nelly on that one, which I know is not a popular opinion. So that's funny that you think the same thing. Yeah, that song just got to the point where 
you know, I've heard it way too much. So classic song, but compared to those two, that song, the Jagged Edge one, would be the one that would actually get me up and dance if you played it at a club now. You played, same. yeah, I'm, I'm going to be chilling. <laughs> same, same, same. Mm-hmm. What's the next round? Oh, Shauna and Luda stand up. So, I mean, come on. Compared to Grills? Mm-mm. No, <laughs> I agree with you, but one. a lot of people don't. A lot of people are like, it should have been Grills. A lot of people said it should have been Grills. Nah. Mm. I don't agree. I mean, no. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> No verses on that song are better than Luda or Shauna's verses, and it's a better song to me. I agree, but a lot of people thought it should have gone to Grills. I was like, I don't know about that. That might be some of the Texas folk, but no. Mm, That's another Luda round to me. I agree. All right, next one. Oh, Southern Hospitality. Now that beat, oof, that's a filthy beat. So that song, that's another classic Luda song, probably in my top five Luda songs compared to Air Force Ones. Now back to Nelly. That's a staple song in his catalog, but like you said about country grammar, that was a song, Air Force Ones, I never really cared. This really never really hit to me like that, so Southern Hospitality all the way on that one. I agree, but a lot of people (laughs) feel like it should have been Air Force Ones. Now, I'm going to give you guys, I have a fundamental regional problem with Air Force Ones because I grew up calling them Uptowns, okay? so That's true. I was like, yeah. I, what, are, who, <laughs> what are we even talking about right now? So I wasn't into it because, yes, this is a regional bias thing. I was like, I grew up calling them Uptowns, so I don't need this little song about a misnamed shoe because that's not even a name. <laughs> so obviously, to me, stand up the beat. It just, it just, it just holds up way better. Oh, yeah. Uh, but I can tell you a lot of people disagree. So I agree with you, but a lot of people don't agree with that. And even that's some well, Southern Hospitality, a lot of people didn't realize or even probably still don't realize that Pharrell did that beat. That is a really, even for him, like an out-of-the-box type of beat for right. him. And I put that right up there with like grinding. That's a really good uh, production from him. So, yeah, way, way over Air Force One. I agree. I agree. Next round, 15. Now, you know what? This was one where I might make it a tie, but not in a good way. Because I always thought that Khaled song was like halfway corny. I mean, Ludacris' voice is good. Shake Your Tail Feather is pretty corny to me, too. So it's like they both are kind of high on that factor. (laughs) I might make that a tie. Because I really don't like either one of those songs at all. I agree with you. I don't really like the songs. But I actually would give it to Nelly. Because I remember when, like, I was a little surprised. Diddy, you know, I shouldn't be because Diddy is like, why was I even surprised? Because Diddy is just... The ultimate chameleon. He'll be everywhere if you let him. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think of the right description. Like, he's a Kardashian, you know? he <laughs> He'll just jump in a mix of anything, you know? And be like, yeah, you know? So, I shouldn't have been. But I actually would give that to Nelly, which I know a lot of people wouldn't. People... But the Cali... I, I thought it was corny. So, you know, draw... But listen, I'll give you Cornell. I'll give you something, okay? Yeah, give him a little something, okay? I'll give, yeah, I'll <laughs> give you something. Um, sixteen. Oh, so that's uh, Area Codes versus Just the Dreams. So that's an easy loot around. Of course. Classic Nate Dog, great song. Of course. Easy. Hello, we. It's just like a, a staple saying till this day. Like people, mm-hmm. I got like just people. It's just vernacular that people say just in passing. I got hoes in different area codes. Like, come on, hello. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, all right. Next round, 17. All right. So this one, this is actually one of my favorite Nelly songs. I'm going to give it to him. I thought that was like a kind of a perfect balance. It was melodic, but it wasn't too over the top that made it corny. And it was a good kind of call and response song. So I think that's a song that one of any of the songs, that's one that you can kind of, I think, 
<laughs> not that I've heard it, but I think you can get away with playing in the club today, a throwback club, and get a good response to it. So I'm going to pick that over Moneymaker from Luda. You wait. Which one did you chose, Nelly? So this is Ei. I picked yeah, that yeah, one yeah. over um, Luda Money uh, Moneymaker. I too. I I picked Nelly too. I feel like Ei is one of his more signature songs to me. So yes, absolutely. I think Ei. Eighteen. How low versus Get Like Me? Mm, all right. So maybe I'm going to give a little bit of my bias here. Also, uh, being in Atlanta and having to go to events sometimes, and even go to strip clubs to cover events. That song, I have some good memories with that as far as what some of the ladies have done to it. So that always got a good response down here. So there's no way I could get like me over that song. Because, you know, Luda actually, I don't know if people remember, um, I don't know if he did it last year, but every Labor Day weekend, they used to call it Luda Day, uh, Luda Labor Day, and he would do an event over the weekend for the entire city. Just different stuff. Some of it was uh, kid-friendly, some of it wasn't. So some of those events that I covered, particularly when that song was out, you know, he would get some of the Magic City dancers to bring the poles out and all that crazy stuff. So that song always got a good reaction. It was a good song for the women to dance to. So I think that's way better than uh, Get Like Me. I would also give it to Luda. I agree. Next round, we already talked about Move Bitch versus Hot In Here. Yeah, that's a tough one. That's a, that's a difference between a jam and a, and a hit. So I always, for me personally, lean towards more of the jams because, you know, those are the songs that really, really move the people no matter how old they are. So do like hot in here, but I don't like it more than move, bitch. So you're giving it to Luda. Uh, yeah, that that will be a controversial one, but that one to me holds up way better today. It so it does, but look, 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 look Cornell, I'm giving you a little props here and there. You are. You I'm hanging giving, in there for Luda. I mean, uh, I, Nelly. <laughs> I'll give you a little something, Cornell, even though you did a Shanti wrong. Okay. Nah. But, <laughs> and you, you know, and people were making the joke that the reason why your, your internet is doing you like you did a Shanti. So, oh, but man never forgets. <laughs> you wasted a decade of that woman's life. Okay, <laughs> I will give it that. That matchup was the most even matchup out of all their songs, where yeah. it is really going to come down to a preference or the memory or the nostalgia. And all things equal, they are equal. However, I feel like hot in her i even remember my younger cousin talking about it. i'm like okay you're too little what are you doing you know what i mean and so i i, mm-hmm. I just i remember a lot of different facets of like that song just being i don't know all over and having a lot of influence and a lot you know club memories but even things my little cousins like what do you do? listen to this song so i i will give that to nelly hey i have no arguments with that this is probably his biggest song i mean you can talk to anybody and i think they know with that song if you were to play it no matter yeah. their background. So, I mean, it's not hard to, to make that argument whatsoever. Yeah, like, I'm just kidding like Jason, you know? I mean, come on, unless you can do it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding like Jason. Like, that's, uh, hello. So, I'm, I'm going to give that to you, Cornell, okay? Mm-hmm. And then the last one, to me, was actually the most interesting one. And mm. Lovers and Friends versus Dilemma. <sighs> Dilemma was the bigger song, but this is another one that I always thought was kind of corny, to be honest with you. To me, that song... When I hear it, I imagine like a movie that's like a coming-of-age high school movie, and that's a song that plays when the, the young boy opens his locker and he looks across and sees the girl he has a crush on or something like that, and that's a song that plays. It's like a cute but juvenile type of song to me, just the way the beat is and the melody, so it doesn't really, never really hit me like that. So because of that, I'm going to go with Lovers and Friends. And it's hard, it's even funny saying that because that was such a big collaboration for Nelly, one of his biggest, actually. But um, I think Lovers and Friends holds up better. This one I was torn 
okay? Because <laughs> people were tweeting, he's not playing Dilemma! Where's Dilemma? They were all upset. They're like, he's like, I was yeah. like, no, he's going to play it. I know he's going to play it. I, the, you know, ugh, I'm aging myself here. But I, I will say this. At the time, I remember, actually, no, it was after this time. Dilemma had been out for a few years, actually, so it wasn't even that time. This was a few years later. I was in Japan, and I had a student who was, like, who had found it, and he was, you know, learning English and had asked me, and then I had to, like, I can't remember, you know, the technology was different at the time. I don't remember if I had to download it or something, but I had to tell him about it. And I remember being like, yo, like, this little boy don't even speak English, but he's trying to get into Nelly versus Kelly Rollins. And mm, so I was just like, point. wow, just the influence. And it wasn't the year it came out. It was like several years later. So right. I have a vivid memory of that. I think my personal preference, like when I was hearing it, I was like, oh, no, no, obviously Lovers and Friends. But uh, this was actually the hardest one for me. Mm-hmm. I, on a personal level, like what, what I listen to, I'm going to listen to Lovers and Friends. It hits different. Okay, dilemma does not hit to me like like you said. It's like a very childish song, but then I have memories of children loving that song, and right. so ah, I think I'm gonna give it to Nelly. I think I'm gonna give it to Nelly. I think you did. You did. No one can say that you didn't uh, try and do this as evenly as possible. I think you gave him like at least six rounds. Yeah, actually, I wrote it down here. Now that I gave Nelly, I gave Nelly one, two, three, four. Five, six, seven out of twenty. That's pretty good. That's and you gave good. him well, like three. I think I gave him three or four. You gave him four. You four? gave him four. Yeah, that's as yeah. best as I can do. I mean, hmm. Yeah, you gave him four, which is hey, I gave him seven. But either way, this is out of twenty. So, sir, you did not pass in any. It wasn't uh, any. No. <laughs> it wasn't. Now, some people are like it's closer. It, it wasn't. It, it, they're like no. it was neck and neck. It wasn't close. It wasn't. You are being very, as generous as you can possibly be, giving him that seven. I'm like, I can't see any way you can go beyond that. Yeah, I was being generous. But some people, listen, certain things I said no. There are certain things that people thought, you know, Air Force Ones, they thought. Grills, they thought. They were very adamant. Uh, country grammar. People, like, there are certain songs on this based on, I think, maybe where you grew up regionally. Yeah. Are what they preferred. So I think some people could give him... 10 they could give him half i couldn't i think it also depends um you're talking about where you grew up also your age too so i'm like if you were in high school junior high some of those nelly songs might hold more meaning to you because like i said you know possibly the way you were dressing and all that was based on the air force one song so it holds a deeper meaning to you and things like that true true so that yeah so i mean i yeah i mean so actually just thinking back do you think, on the outsider looking in, that Ludacris felt like this was the right match? Or do you think Ludacris might have felt insulted? Like, why the fuck are you putting me up against Nelly? Uh, that's a good question. Um, I think he was comfortable with it because they've always had a good relationship. They did come out the same year. Um, different styles, but also they kind of led that new school of MCs for the, the new millennium. So I, I think deep down he didn't have any issues with it. But I think he did take it a lot more seriously. He wanted to make sure that his catalog was properly represented because people haven't talked about it lately. But one of the big knocks on Luda has always been not his singles, but his album quality. That was people thought that was always a big difference between um, him and T.I. Like, you know, T.I. always had the better, more well put together albums. So I think he wanted to make sure that he, like his catalog and the work that he's done 
was properly represented. So I don't think he was insulted, though. I just wanted wanted to make sure that his work was respected. Which is fair. So thinking about the last 20 years and both of those gentlemen dropping albums at that time, and, you know, now we're kind of going down the memory lane, going tit for tat, you know, for each song. Is there anyone from the East Coast or the Northeast or even the West Coast who came out in 2000 who could have battled either one of them? Somebody that came out in 2000. Or around that that, time. Around that time. Um, Let's see. Eminem's first album came out, was it 98? He's kind of borderline. All right, fine. Okay, that's fine. Yeah. Isn't he from the Midwest? Wait, where's... Where's Detroit? Yeah, it's not the, that's the Midwest too, right? So. That's Midwest, but Detroit is like you know Michigan's completely different from St. Louis, Missouri. But see, the other problem is you're not even wanting to just look at when they came out, but whether it was a good fit or not. And I think Eminem and Nelly would have been like a bad fit. Yes, absolutely. Now Eminem and Luda, you might can argue. Okay, they're both very good. They can rhyme fast, but style-wise, I think that just would have been like a not not a mismatch, but I'm like. The fan bases would have just been, it would have been a bunch of shit. Because you know the type of fan base that Eminem was. Yeah, no, I don't want to even see it. I don't think it would have been fun. Yeah, it wouldn't have I don't want to see it. Thing. I don't even mm-hmm. want to see it. I will actually, I'm going to put that out here right now. If there's an Eminem versus, I'm not watching it. So. Because you know they were talking about him in uh, DMX, and I'm like, eh, that doesn't sound like it would be That's a weird match. <laughs> <laughs> That's a weird match. And two people with mental illness, no, I don't think that makes sense. Now, see, the only, I mean, I'm thinking he's an older, sometimes we forget how, how old Busta is. So he's from about more than five years prior to Luda, yes. but style-wise, they're similar. I want to see Busta. I saw, you know, Fat Joe has, like, now he's doing his little Instagram stories all the time and yeah. interviews. And he has said that I think he'd been, people had mentioned Fat Joe versus Busta. But Fat Joe doesn't want to do it, period. He doesn't want to do it versus I would love to see Busta. I can't I can't think of the right person. I don't think Busta was the right one against Luda Nelly because he because of when he started, his catalog spans like a different hip hop right. style, right? So if mm-hmm. he started with Leaders of the New School, whatever, he is gonna sound very different. Like, you know, it's gonna be hard for him to put one of those songs against something like Luda or Nelly. Right. So I don't know right. who Busta could go with. Who could Busta? Because that's the thing you have to keep in mind. You want the fan bases to kind of mesh. Because I think anybody that grew up on Busta, you really don't give a damn what somebody that grew up on Luda has to say about one, like you just said, about one of Busta's songs. So it's like, oh, you weren't there. So you really can't talk about the impact of the song or really rate it properly. Mm. Now, they did. I did hear something. They were talking about maybe Busta and Snoop. What do you think about that fit? Huh. That's kind of interesting, right? Because I'm like, they can both just go on their singles, not even really get into their albums too much. And most people know their hit singles. I would like it. I would like the trip down memory lane. Mm-hmm. I think where I think Busta might, even though Snoop was obviously the bigger artist. Yeah. You know, his first album, you know, is probably one of the top 10 best hip hop albums most ever. Known. Yeah. But I think because Busta had a longer run and he had songs with Chris Brown, stuff like songs that were hits. I think when it gets towards the end, he would pull away a little bit from Snoop. I think it would be fun though, like you said. I'm thinking the first half is really competitive. Yeah, the first part, I'm thinking of the, at like the, as their careers dwindle, I hate to say that. I'm thinking about that. It happens to everybody. (laughs) I'm thinking about like, what's going to happen there? Because I'm, because, okay, so Snoop, beautiful with Pharrell, right? Like, Mm -hmm. what are, 
what were like some of the last Snoop hits? So that song, the big one, Sexual Eruption. Yes, yes, yes. That was that was after Beautiful, right? That had to be like at least yes. three or four years after. Yeah, okay. that was after. Yeah. So and then what? But was Busta even doing anything at that time when he was doing Sexual Eruption? I don't even know if Busta had anything out at that time. Really, that could compare. So he was mostly doing features. So at that point, what was he on? I'm trying to think of songs that were um, actually making some chart progress. The song with Chris Brown, Look At Me Now, that was now that was Chris Brown's song, but that song came out in like 2011, and that was the hit. I don't know if you remember that, but if you, if you Google it, you'll remember it, and that was like kind of the last time I can remember like Busta getting a lot of attention. Yeah, it, it'll be the beginning, I think, would be interesting. And I can think of some like Busta feature. Actually, I can think of some Snoop features too that I like though. So exactly. it'll yeah. actually do like that because I thought of Snoop, but who could it be? So actually, and I like the East Coast versus West Coast. Actually, I like that one. I like that one. That's a good one. I'm thinking that works. I mean, yeah. style wise, they're different, but I'm like, they're contemporaries for the most part because Deep Cover, you know, Snoop's first song, that was 92, Leaves in the New School, 91, 92. And so they can give a lot of good stories, too. I think that's the main benefit of Versus is when it... Because, you know, we can just play these songs back and forth. Everybody knows these songs. But really right. getting the backstory, finding out what artists thought about each other, that's what really makes it special. So I think that one would be really good. Yeah, no, I, I like that. That's a good match because I was thinking of Snoop, and I'm like, mm, I don't know. And I know people keep saying Dre, but I'm like, no, no. So I think Bustin' Snoop is actually a nice one, which would be a nice catalog to just share like just to people hear all of the music and go down memory lane i think that's actually a really nice one so okay. i like that Let's hope one. that one comes off now here's another kind of off the wall one that they were talking about um and this is actually on video you can youtube it uh swiss got on ig live with ll cool J, and he was asking him would you want to do a battle with Nas, like a battle for queens and ll was like well he's like you know it would be interesting of course but he's like, he wonders whether it would be a good fit because, you know, most people who are Nas fans are for his poetry, his rhyme style. That's what you pay attention to, the lyrics. He's like, mm-hmm. people really don't go to me for that. So he don't know if it would be a good fit. And he's thinking more it's Nas, cool. Jay-Z would be a good fit. No, than absolutely. Than him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think I saw a little bit of the snippet of LL. Uh, absolutely, Nas and LL makes no sense. Nas versus Jay-Z makes the most sense. And, and that Jay- would be the most commentary because you know the, the fans of Nas and Jay are very diehard. They'd be like, they'd be reliving the battle all over again. I think Nas would do it and Jay wouldn't, so I don't think it's going to happen. So there's that. Mm, I don't think yeah, Jay would there's do. that. Yeah, it, I don't think it will happen. <laughs> LL, that's old school. Who would do LL? Now, see, here's that's going to bring in an older audience. And so now yeah. we're talking about, let me think of LL songs. So he can go from when we were still in the house. He can do like I'm Bad, Around the Way Girl. You know, we remember watching that on, you know, video music box and stuff like that. Those are the, for our older cousins and all that. Our generation would be like, hey, lover, I shot you. Yeah, it would be. He'd have to go over the the whole thing. Yeah. So he'd have to go around the way, girl, all of that up until, uh, you know, Mr. Smith and then like Parrot. Who could do that, though? Because his is, if I think about it, he even was still a deep catalog. Yeah. In the 2000s, I think of He can do 20 easy. Yeah, that's on with A. Marie, Paradise. Was it Paradise? Yeah, Paradise. Yeah, Paradise. Yeah. And then he has Rock the Bells, all them older songs, uh, doing it. Mama said yeah. knock you out, jingling baby. Yeah. He would be hard for anybody, I think, to beat, especially from his generation. Because I'm like, mm-hmm. you know, we love Rakim, but he doesn't have as deep a catalog to do Mm-mm. something didn't against LL. That long, didn't span long enough. Like right. he was consistent long enough. So KRS would have the same problem. He wasn't mm-hmm. he doesn't have that longevity of hits. Um mm-hmm. and that's it. I mean he started in radio came out in 85 so 
I saw, yeah, I, I saw a little bit of his Instagram live. Um, I can't remember who he was with. They could shit. It could have been with Fat Joe. I don't know who it was with. But he was mentioning. He was like, "Look, he's like, I didn't start Def Jam, but he's like, I was the first album to be released on Def Jam, right? So he's like, mm-hmm. Def Jam started in '84. So if he in '85, I mean, come on, '85, and then to really be going, I think, pretty consistently till early 2000, like maybe 2001, 2002. Mm-hmm. That's, That's ridiculous. That's a crazy long. run. Because, you know, there's some people that, um, not some, a lot, that have no idea about his rap career. They just know him as an actor. That's it. Well, same thing as Will Smith, right? Exactly. Well, now that you bring up Will, well. He don't have any college. He don't have no catalog like that. Yeah, because I'm thinking back to, yeah, not enough for 20. He got enough for maybe about 7 to 10. Yeah, because, I mean, he he did start at that time, so it's true. And what was that? Parents Just Don't Understand? Parents Just Don't Understand. Uh, Blue Funk was another big one. Summertime. Uh, I think I can beat Mike Tyson. Summertime. Um, Listen. Yeah, he got he has enough for about about ten, and then it gets a little a little shaky. Because then you're doing like you know getting jiggy with and stuff like that. That's Ugh. not beating like I'm bad and you but know. But he, he would have to do, and stuff he like would that. have to do jiggy with it, and and yeah, you have to. Yeah. Some of them would say yes, right? But for all, all <laughs> some of us, I'm like you know hey love for doing it. Excuse me, but. Uh, and then LL could even do what was that thing he was on with J Lo? He rapped on some J Lo song. No, no, no. LL can do um. Some of them are hard. honestly. I feel like Missy is is similar to LL. I feel like I don't know who could go mm. against Missy. And it's funny you mentioned that that song. I totally forgot about that song. That song because I remember it had the um, Africa Bambada sample. Control your control myself. I think is the name of the J Lo song you're talking about. Because he has one or two songs. I mean, the two or three songs with her. He has a couple. No, I was thinking of. Um, I'm thinking. The other one is all I have. I think is. I all think I all have. I have. That's the J Lo song that was on her album, and the other one was on his. Yeah. Yes. Yes. All I have. That's what I was thinking of. But actually, I think LL, the breath, the timing, uh, is the time span of his catalog. It makes it really hard. And then yeah. Missy, she's gonna have to go against a man. I'm sorry. I, I remember no you was getting on me when I brought up Nikki with a uh, Nikki and a uh, Missy battle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, no, no, that's rude. Because I was trying rude. to give her, I was trying to give her another girl, and I know her and um, Lil Kim are cool, so they probably wouldn't do it. Talking about Lil Kim and Missy, what does it have to do with them being cool? Erica Badu and Jill Scott did it was fine. I don't listen. I love Lil Kim. Lil Kim came out before Missy, right? But so Missy we're talking ninety five, ninety six. But Missy's run was a little bit longer. That's why I was saying Nikki, because even though you know style, style wise and talent wise, most people might go with Missy. But Nikki's been around long enough where she has a long enough catalog that you can do a comparison. And this yeah, is but before we, we talk, had. But you also talk no about the time the frame, the same generation going through it. So if you're talking, if yeah, Nikki's fans are kind of un- insufferable. They would be disrespectful. <laughs> no, you know, if we're no Nikki, what was I can't think of the damn Nikki song. No, 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 no. It's gonna be different. Like, Let me no. see, if I were doing the Nikki list, so it would be let's see, Your Love, Moment for Life, Super Bass. Did it on them, Starships, Bees Starships, the Trap, I was thinking of. Um, Pills and Potions, Anaconda, Truffle Butter, Mortarsport, Chun Li. That's like 11 right there. So for Missy, you're going to have the rain. But we got to start from the, ni- the 90s, though. It's starting from the 90s, the late 90s. That came out in like 97. True. Super you Duper can Fly. Do some of that Mr. stuff, maybe. Yeah. And um, it beat me 911. That was on oh, Super Duper Fly. Yes. The rain, Soccer to Me. And, so the, and the, then the, we can do know, our production. Starships people are not going to be able to like appreciate. Beat yeah. me 911. They're like, what's Probably that? Not. What's beat me 911? What are you beeping? <laughs> what's beeping? They don't know. And then, like you said, the later stuff, um, One Minute Man, Work It, um, 
she did produce the tweet song. Oops, that was that yeah, was her big did. song. She yeah, could yeah. play that. Yeah. She could do Stilo, uh, Seven Hundred Two. Uh, yeah, she, she could, could do that one. She's some Aliyah songs. Oh my, she could do a lot. Up jumps the boogie. You know all the Tim yeah. Land and Magoo stuff. I know, but she needs the right part. She needs to go against a man. She, there's no woman who can do it. There's no one who spanned that timing. You know. So that, let's say you know. that Snoop doesn't want to do it. Could Busta and Missy work? Busta started early. Remember the style, that early 90s thing is different. I feel like when you true, start in the true. early 90s, you, you can't. Because rap changed in the 90s, the flow. So yeah, I don't think you can do that. Yeah, that's tough for Missy. Okay. Missy, mm-hmm. again, it needs because were. Luda and Nelly is good because it's like the same year, right? So it's the same musical charts and everything is at the same right. time. So who who was out around came out around let's say 95 to 97 like it has to be the latter half of the 90s until now that fits with her that's tough because we got camera catalog I mean, okay, on because deep enough Missy, we got foxy that's up. not going to work you just talked about eminem who's awful but missy versus M. <laughs> he's awful <laughs> i mean he's awful but um it's around that time it is it is not too big of a styles clash where people are not going to be familiar with both of their catalogs. So mm-hmm. they would have that going for each other. I still think Missy would wash him because, yeah. Some I of personally think she would wash like really him. But the, but, but the people, <laughs> they love him so much, but her catalog is so fire. I actually think Missy and M would be a good, because I think it'll take out the gender, like, dick on the table man shit. And I, yeah. I hope it wouldn't, I don't know, because Eminem is also, like I said, like I said, he does suffer from mental illness, and sometimes you don't know where he's going to go. But I, I would hope he would be a little bit more chill with her being a woman, and he's not feeling like he has to, like, prove himself as hard, which is horrible to say, but he might feel like that. <laughs> well, I will say about M, he knows his hip-hop, and he's very respectful of hip-hop music, so I know he would be familiar and would be bigging her up if they did it. Now, his fans, some of them I'm concerned about, because some of them don't like hip-hop. They just like Eminem. I know. I know. So, you know, them getting on there, I'm not sure all of them or the, a big majority of them would be familiar with no, the they catalog. No, like they that. wouldn't know it all because <laughs> I remember I used to work with this older Russian lady from Russia who had been in America. She's like, I went to an Eminem concert. I was like, yo, what's going oh, on? God. So, like, <laughs> she does not listen to hip hop at all, but her children introduced and she loves him. And I'm like, okay, this is really bizarre. So, the problem is that they just like him. Of course she would watch him. So, who could so okay so right it doesn't span the right time uh l but ll started the 80s is wrong ll can't you can't put missy against ll the timing is wrong we talk about the shift in the 90s the 80s yeah shifted. i'm like if they did that he'd have to like stay in the the mid 90s yeah to make would, it work yeah which isn't fair so there's some people it's actually hard to match them i think missy ll are two mm-hmm. people that i don't think you can actually match although technically Missy and Eminem started around the same time, so you could, but it just would not be good based on fit, yeah. people, right? Yeah, because just, just, you got to think about fit, too. They're tough to kind of think about. Because um, even, you know, somebody unconventional, it still doesn't fit right. I'm, I'm thinking about Andre 3000. That's still a bad fit with Missy, even though She'll he came out in 94 with Outkast. Still, he doesn't have enough of his solo work nope. to make that work. No, nope, she'd wash him washed can't happen and i'm like now red no because red man came mm-hmm. out his first album came out in 92 and that's he's still more of a straight mc that doesn't work with missy either you didn't have the catalog okay so so red man 90 about 92 to 98 was his apex that's about four albums four or five albums yeah but we have to people who can go through the 2000s with missy you have to be able to still yeah. you still have to be able to match up that 
Well, I talked about I talked about Missy and Buster. What about Missy and Snoop? Think that kind of works? Even though Snoop is a little older, but older. his rhyme style is kind of still stayed the same for the most part. It's like been adaptable. True. Um, that would be fun. It would be fun. And that'd be a contrast because I'm like, he starts playing them G Funk classics, and she puts on um, like Pass the Dutch or Lose Control or something like that. <laughs> I wonder what what people would pick. It would be fun. I wouldn't be mad at it. I like Snoop and Busta. I like that match though, um, because I I do actually think Missy would still watch Snoop. Yeah, you know, like you said, when it gets to the late '90s, I mean, yeah, late '90s, early 2000s, that's where it gets difficult. Yeah, it gets. Uh, I think Busta and Snoop had like similar trajectories in certain ways. Obviously, you know, Snoop is probably a bigger artist, but I think it it could. It just makes more sense to me. Missy is she's she's a standout. She's a standout. You know, she's just an asterisk with her. You know, and Ella. What if because of her, maybe we need to get unconventional and maybe put her against um like a producer, like maybe Pharrell, something like that. You think that'll work, Pharrell against Missy? It's not a perfect fit, but it's somebody at least that's been around a few decades. Mm, mm. You know what? That actually makes more sense. That makes okay. more sense than anything else. Because Pharrell was around that time, and I think about it because I remember he was doing Khalees' album, um, right. which came out around the mid '90s, right? So mm-hmm. I do think, ooh, listen, Pharrell not gonna give her a run for the money though. That's probably that's it. <laughs> he would give her a run for the money. That would be, yeah, it would yeah, be because he can tap into so many different, you know, because he can go into that Neptune stuff and start pulling from different people. Ooh, he, he almost has an unfair advantage. But he almost has unfair advantage. But, you know. But then, okay, well then, okay, that's not fair. Wouldn't that just be Timbaland versus Pharrell then? Um, I mean, you can make that argument, but we can also say because our catalog is so deep, that's why we have to do something like this. Because um, not all of his stuff is chart-topping, Pharrell. You know, he has a couple songs that are just like jams that people from remember. So I guess in a sense it can be unfair, but we know Timbaland's probably not going to jump in it. Well, it doesn't make sense for him to do it. It's his whole, he's the one creating yeah. it. Um, so yeah, so Timberland Pharrell is like fair because, I mean, she produces, but you know, she's she's coming up for her artistry. I feel like, ugh, that's hard. Like you do want to do artists for artists. Ugh, it's, eh, this is, you know, it makes sense. I think Timberland and Pharrell is a str- stronger pairing, um, but Pharrell makes sense for her because she's hard. But look, LL's hard too. Who We can't put anybody up against LL. I have to think on. I can't think of anybody. Definitely, really, nobody from his generation. Because I'm like the only one that kind of went into the early 2000s was um, Too Short because he had that song "Blow the Whistle." But for mm. a whole catalog, it's not mm-hmm. enough to go against LL. Mm-mm. 80s. Who was in the 80s? Because this is this, this is a bunch of Teddy Riley's trying to join IG Live to watch it. Okay, y'all. Yeah, somebody have to, to set it up for. for somebody got it. The whole audience is gonna be fucked up because people can't get in. So who? Uh, from the 80s, you know, he was a pioneer, one in the beginning, man, with a longevity. You know, ladies mm-hmm. love cool James. That's a hard one. And I think Missy's like that, too. It, it's great to see that we have a few people who are unparalleled, you know, unmatchable in a certain respect. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But I don't have to think about those soon for a while. I can't. We spent about, what, 20 minutes trying to come up with somebody. And it's really hard to. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, Snoop, you know, even M, we said, you know, could be done, but not not great. And I can't think of, um, yeah, anyone who's been, it's, it's a consistency game. And it's, like we said in the beginning, hip-hop culture is youth-driven, and it changes. Hip-hop sound has 
changed so much in the 40 years that it's hard to keep up with it and stay relevant. So, you know, who really? Now, when we're talking about producers, you know, the big one that was kind of teased, it's been a couple weeks now. Remember when Diddy was talking about that his catalog is special and nobody really wants it? But of course, people were saying him and Dre would be the obvious big one that would be the ultimate. Um, I know Diddy would do it because just like you said, Diddy, he, he can be everywhere if you <laughs> gave him the option. I don't know if Dre would do it, though. That's the interesting thing because he's kind of not reclusive, but I don't know if he would sit down and do something like that. I don't see Dre doing it either, but Dre did call Teddy Riley when he was having technical difficulties. I did try to help him. <laughs> and he was on, he was calling him and talking to him. Um, so. And even with Dre, that's interesting because he's somebody that started in the mid 80s. So if he were to go against Diddy, good. who started in the mid 90s, yeah. you know, where would you want to start? Because I'm like, on one hand, if you want to pull from the NWA, the NWA the stuff, NWA, yeah. is that going to resonate with somebody that came into hip hop with, you know, Juicy and Jodeci? You know, it's going to be a lot of different ages in that, in that live going back and forth. Well, then, okay. So then Diddy, then again, Diddy would be Pharrell. It would be Diddy against Pharrell. That could um, work, possibly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Timbaland, not really, but you know, Timbaland, not really, because he won't do it because it's his platform. But Diddy, Pharrell would make more sense. I think in the beginning, Diddy would win more just because of the the bad, like the core three bad boy year era. Like, there's a lot he can pull from. But I think at the end, Pharrell could overtake him to me when you start getting the two thousands. That one's tough because I'm like, there's so much he can pull from because like he could start with Jodeci. He did the Come and Talk to Me remix. You do all the B.I.G. stuff. You do the Marry My Life stuff. You that's can do the some faith. Get to this and one the 2000s. Mm-hmm. But, then, but going through all that, that's, that can get you to like 15 songs. So I was like, you might drop the last <laughs> five and still be okay. Well, Mariah, we, honey, you can still pull some of that stuff. Uh, okay, well, it depends what we're doing. I mean, if, when you have big catalogs like this and you go, look, Luda and Nelly just did 20 songs. So, like, you're not mm-hmm. going to do 10 because you, you have 20, you have two, 20 years plus of songs. So you want to need to do more than 10. So I think you need at least five Biggie songs, maybe three Mary songs, um, two total songs. So we're saying he's staying in the 90s. We're saying Diddy's only staying in the 90s. I I would do that to get the big lead. That's what I would do if I'm going against Pharrell. Because I'm like, it's going to be hard for Pharrell to get past all those songs because there's so much nostalgia there. Well, yeah. So that's it. So that's it. So so basically, Diddy can stay within a five year span. That's what I would do. And then then when I get to like when I get to like fifteen, then I'll I'll play some of that newer stuff that really didn't you know hit too hard, like that day twenty six and all that shit. I might dirty money. I might start doing some of that just to be funny. Because then I know I won by that point, so I'm okay. Well, that well that also well that shit well that's not that I great. T- I wouldn't touch none of that stuff until I got at least. 12, 15 songs from the, the classic era, we'll call it that. Yeah, but then it's not a good matchup because Pharrell gets his stride in the 2000s. Mm, let's see, what, what Diddy stuff would I want from the early 2000s? So I guess um, the saga continues, the, the Bad Boy for Life song, mm. I Need a Girl, One and Two. Mm. Um, <laughs> see? Uh, Rock Boys, that was a, that was a Diddy song. Because I'm going to stick with songs that he just produced, not songs that you know he oversaw. You know, with the hitmen right. and all that. Right. So, yeah, after that, yeah. Because then, you know, Pharrell's getting in the grinding and all that stuff. So. Yeah, Pharrell's washing him. And then the thing is that if you came of age in the 2000s versus 
the mid nineties, you might like, okay, well, no, you know, the nostalgia might be a little bit different. There could be, but it, it may be a little bit different. So I don't know. That's, I mean, actually this conversation is making me realize, I was like, wait, so did he really production really only hit for like a good five years? It really, yeah. <laughs> it really mm-hmm. wasn't much after that. But you see, honestly, it really depends on how impactful you were in those few years. Because when you look at RZA with the Wu-Tang, the majority of the songs that he played were from, 94 then about 98 but still most people you know most of us picked him over premiere because you know it was that impactful that run that he had you know you know that's a great segue where i want to actually end this episode and i want us to okay. we're going to have to split it because i do want to talk about that actual versus battle but this episode's too long so thank you for all the commentary My <laughs> a lot to talk about a lot of songs <laughs> a lot to talk about definitely we want to continue the conversation you guys so stay tuned for the next one because we're going to talk a little bit more in depth about some other versus battles all right hey guys i just want to do a quick plug here at the end that this episode was recorded over a month ago i believe it was recorded on may 23rd around that time and this was before everything blew up with black lives matter george floyd everything so If you follow me on Twitter, you know that I've tweeted several times that my whole recording queue got messed up because I started jumping episodes and recording bonus episodes and emergency episodes to really stay up with what's going on with the times. And so some of the episodes that were scheduled to be released basically a month ago are very delayed. So in light of the new verses coming out on Monday, 629 with Fabulous and Jadakiss, I said, let me release this from the archives here, which was Luda versus Nelly. And I'm not going to do an episode on Fab versus Jada because you, if you watch me on Twitter, you already know that I said that Fabulous is an abuser and I'm not going to support it. So that's that. And you don't have to like what I said, but that's how I feel. So I fully support Jadakiss. And so no matter what happens, Jadakiss won in my mind. So I don't need to even talk about it. But just wanted to give you this little throwback for Luda and Nelly. And then obviously this whole trip down hip hop memory lane and just talking about potential versus battles that could come going forward. So hope you enjoyed it. And you want to get some more throwbacks because I have probably a couple more episodes in the queue about older versus battles that just haven't been released yet. So just wanted to give you that context. Follow at Gab with Gwen on Instagram and Twitter. And... Till next time, peace.